Yep, it's the 30th anniversary, in fact, actually today, of The Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, which was released uh, in the U.S. Uh, October 13th, 1993. Went wide later in the month uh, to a wide release. Uh, it was directed by Henry Selleck. Now, a lot of people say, wait a minute, I thought Tim Burton directed that film. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> uh, it was written by Tim Burton. In fact, the movie was even retitled later, Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, it stars Danny Elfman, Chris Sarandon, Catherine O'Hara, and Paul Rubens, uh, who most of you know as Pee Wee Herman, who just passed, and we, we miss him. Uh, it had one Oscar nomination for visual effects. Now you think, well, that must be a slam dunk for that. No, it lost it. It lost to Jurassic Park, uh, which, of course, uh, that's a, a worthy loss, I suppose, uh, for visual effects. This was the first stop-motion animated film to get a PG rating uh, by the MPAA. It was the first fully animated Disney film not to be traditionally animated. Now, uh, some might say, well, what about Toy Story? That was a few years later, and that was, uh, you know, digital. Uh, this was stop-motion animation, and it was, the, you know, prior to that, uh, all of Disney's films had been uh, traditionally animated, as we know. At the time of its release... Uh, the film actually received mixed reviews and, and only kind of middling business. It made about $50 million on a $24 million budget. Now, that's a profit, so that's not uh, terrible. But uh, it actually grew in popularity over the next 10 years and sort of became a cult classic uh, due to strong VHS and DVD rentals and sales. Uh, in fact, the, the, the makers were uh, surprised later to learn about the, the vastness and popularity of the movie's merchandise. So I think today we, we really consider it a bona fide uh, beloved classic, but uh, it was a slow burn for the film over, over its, uh, its run. Tim Burton uh, wrote an original poem that inspired, uh, that he was inspired to write after seeing Halloween merchandise display in a store being taken down and replaced by a Christmas display. And that sort of juxtaposition of, Ghouls and Goblins and Santa and his reindeer kind of sparked his imagination, which is kind of brilliant because when you think about it, uh, this sort of covers both holidays. So is it a Halloween movie? Is it a Christmas movie? I think of it as a Halloween movie, hence we're, we're doing it this week. Uh, but it kind of works both ways. And um, like I said, his, it was a three-page poem that he wrote uh, as a, when he was a Disney animator in the early 80s. And uh, he also took some inspiration from you know, great television specials like Rudolph and How the Grinch Stole Christmas uh, and the poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas. And at one point, he actually considered making this a TV special rather than a feature film. Uh, Joe, isn't it kind of typical with Tim Burton films that they don't burn? It's an eclectic audience, and they keep wanting to go back watching them and watching them. It seems like they have a long lifespan on the shelf. Well, I agree with that. I don't know if I would necessarily say they're all a slow burn. Um, Batman certainly <laughs> uh, cuts into that theory, but um, but uh, you know, definitely, you know, things like Edward Scissorhands and yeah. Ed Wood was was that might have been kind of a slow burn. Um, but but it definitely is uh, a specific audience, and, and in fact, um, that was kind of one of the issues that uh, the studio had, they said this, you know, we don't really think this is going to do anything. Um, it's too scary for kids mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it's too weird and all that kind of stuff. So there wasn't a lot of uh, support 
um, from from the studio uh, because because it was Tim Burton. Um, you know, you know, most people already know the labor intensity of uh, stop motion, but it took a hundred people three years to complete this movie for one second of film. Uh, up to twelve stop motion moves had to be made, so wow. it's uh, it's pretty crazy um, that it was uh, uh, you know it took so long. The teaser trailer stated that the film was originally intended to be released under the Walt Disney banner, um, but uh, the uh, kind of in the proud tradition of Disney filmmaking. But like I already said, Disney was worried that the movie wasn't suitable for children, uh, so they ended up switching it over to Touchstone Pictures, which was sort of their sister company, uh, and it was marketed as Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, as I had mentioned. Um, and it, it, that sort of led to the longtime misunderstanding that it was directed by Burton rather than Henry Selleck. In fact, that was my memory. Uh, so, you know, Henry Se- and, and Tim Burton uh, is, um, uh, you know, he does, doesn't deny that it was directed uh, by someone else, but uh, I think... You know, we all kind of agree collectively that the the stamp of the film is very much a, a Tim Burton film. Yeah. Um, there was a point in time where Walt Disney uh, considered producing a sequel uh, rather than using stop motion. They wanted to use computer animation. And Tim, Tim Burton nixed that. He convinced them to drop that idea, uh, which I always appreciate when directors uh, – well, <laughs> I just made the mistake. Uh, creators, uh, you know, kind of take ownership of those films. Uh, Danny Elfman, who is uh, long, a longtime collaborator uh, of Tim Burton, uh, is a, a, a musical score writer, um, and he was originally the lead singer of Oingo Boingo, the band, if people remember that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he wrote uh, the Nightmare's 10 songs, and he said it was one of the easiest jobs they ever had because they have a lot in common with Jack Skellington, uh, and he loved it so much that he wanted to do the voice, and he mustered up the courage to ask his friend, Tim Burton, hey, can I do the voice of Jack? And before he finished, Burton said, hey, look, Danny, don't worry about it. You got the part. So Danny was Danny Elfman was chosen to voice Jack Skellington, but then it felt that his singing voice was great, but his speaking voice not so much, and it was too wooden and stiff. So he actually uh, was was replaced by Chris Sarandon, who people might know uh, long ago as uh, uh, Al Pacino's boyfriend in Dog Day Afternoon. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, Danny Elfman did the singing voice for Jack Skellington, but the speaking voice was done by Chris Sarandon. Wow. And uh, another fun sort of what might have been casting choice, Vincent Price was originally cast <laughs> as Santa Claus. Ah. Uh, however, uh, this was right after the death of uh, uh, Price's wife. His own health was failing, and his voice performance just wasn't very good. It was frail and weak, so they kind of decided that the tracks were unusable. And uh, they had to recast the role, but uh, how great would that have been to, oh. to have Vincent Price 